Thanks for listening to the First Presbyterian Church of San Francisco Sermon Podcast. We pray it is a blessing to you and that it brings glory to our Heavenly Father. You can learn more about us by visiting us online. Just go to www.firstpresbyteriansf.org. Our sermon today is from Acts 4, 1 through 13. And as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, very annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, because it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to about 5,000. On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest, Caiaphas and John and Alexander, and all who were of the high priestly family. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a disabled man, to know how this man was healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. So we are we are out of the book out of the book of John. You may be you may be happy to hear, happy to happy to know. That's going to take us, I think, far afield for for a season. I uh, I have been seeking the Lord about where we should be going in the scriptures, and and I'm hoping to to do a to do a, a take a season of focusing on the attributes of God. Something I've never done before. I've been preaching for nearly thirty years now, actually exactly 30 years. And uh, I, and this will be a new adventure for me as well, but we will be going more topically and, and going through the attributes, the qualities, the, the, the things that, about God that we want to discover together. But before we do that, we're coming into Easter and I, it was really on my heart. This is one of those, you know, uh, Holy Spirit specials, as I would like to call them. But I, and I, I say that humbly, I, I, I get, a, I get a sense at times of burning a, a sense of, of clarity uh, of a uh, and uh, from the Holy Spirit about something I I'm wrestling with or something that hits me, and and that really is why we're here 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 in uh, Acts uh, uh, a little just a few months after the previous scenes we were looking at. I remember we we were looking at uh, this wonderful scene on the beach with Peter and John, and and remember uh, uh, Peter is in that uh, do you love me do a, a, a conversation with Jesus. And uh, then asked, "What about this other guy, John?" And and, we, and it's kind of funny. They they didn't recognize Jesus in the boat when he was on the shore, and 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 we almost get the sense that they're they're still stumbling a bit. That they're still quite not quite not quite not like this. Not like we see them here. Not like we see them here in Acts. In fact, they have just they they were walking through the uh, temple gate. They saw a man who had been disabled from birth. They he's healed. 
and the whole place goes wild. It just goes nuts. And uh, he, Peter gets up to preach, and he's, that's where uh, he's just finished preaching when the Sadducees and the, and the priests and the captain of the temple come down because they're so annoyed at what's going on. And But uh, what I'm interested in here, the reason I wanna, I'm, I'm interested in this is because this, what happened? I mean, <laughs> what happened? You know, it's funny. Uh, this is only a few short months, uh, less than a few months, after Peter was standing by a fire going, I don't know who this guy is. I don't know who Jesus is. I'm not with him. He's not with me. And those three denials, I mean, it's so fresh. And, and yet, and Peter and John's, uh, you know, Peter saying, what about John in this kind of, this comparison kind of a living that uh, comparing, comparing himself with, uh, with John, it just happened. What's changed? What, why, why have we moved so dramatically in such a short space of time? And, and, and it's that feature, that I, I, it's that reality that, I, that, I'm, that I'm most earnest about, because it's the filling of the Holy Spirit. You see, something has happened here. Jesus said to Peter, when Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, that's in Matthew, Matthew 17, Matthew 18. And, 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 uh, and, uh, and Peter says that, and Christ says, you know, the Holy Spirit revealed that to you. And then a few moments later, Peter says, Jesus, you're not going to go to the cross. And, and, and then Jesus says, stop talking to me, Satan. So Peter is like half, half filled with the Spirit and half speaking from the devil. It's a weird, it's a very humbling, powerful moment, right? Fast forward uh, right before Jesus' death, you've got Peter, you know, not admitting that he knows Jesus. And in fact, Peter having run like all the other disciples did, run into the night when his master, the person he loved, uh, Jesus, was arrested. And now, uh, uh, then, then you get to, uh, that, that scene by the beach, you know. And, but then things have changed. And, and, and along the way, Jesus said he breathed, it says in John that Jesus breathed on them, <sighs> received the Holy Spirit. And something has changed, and there has been, and there is evidence right here in the story of the increase of what sometimes is called in the Bible, the anointing, the, the, the increased influence and presence and filling of the Holy Spirit. And this is what I am most eager that we seek, most eager that we think about and talk about and become the focus of our church and, I, I, and focus for my ministry in my life, the presence and power and influence and increase of the Holy Spirit's influence in our lives, of his presence and power with us. And so that's, that's what we're focusing on today. And I and in fact, I want you to think about the Holy Spirit. I, 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 how many of you have ever put snow, uh, snow chains on, on, on your car? Have you ever done that? I, I remember that vividly because I remember my dad doing it, struggling. What you do is there's a there's a there are chains that are the shape and size of a wheel. You you can you can drape them over and lock them on to the wheel. You get to move the wheel forward a little bit as you're doing it in the snow. And what happens when you take a car, a small car, maybe a truck? Uh, trucks often need it because that bed of a truck can be so light, and and because it's not heavy, uh, it, it needs traction, right? And you put those chains on, and, and the reason I remember the chains fondly as a kid is because they sound like sleigh bells. No, they always sound like that to me. They kind of ring, ding, ding, ding. They, they ring as, as you're as you're driving. And if you put those 
chains on the tires, all of a sudden the tires have traction. They have traction in ice and snow and slush and mud. They have traction and all of a sudden the car can move, move safely, it can brake safely, it can turn and corner safely because it, with power and traction because it has these, uh, these, these snow chains. And honestly, Holy Spirit is our snow chains. That's what the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit takes the truth of God. These, these disciples have been around truth, and everyone on this who's visiting, or everyone's a part of our, our, our community, you've been around a lot of truth. But I don't know that the truth is always translated into traction, into action, into freedom, into boldness, into know-how, and how to speak publicly like this. And so we, we are often we are often very well educated in spiritual matters, but it hasn't translated into traction, action, and momentum in, in, in God. And we desperately need that in our age, don't we? We desperately need it as, as this little church of Christ here in San Francisco. We need traction. And where the rubber hits the road because it's got the stuff to move and to and to grip in this slippery, slippery world that we seem to live in. And so what I notice here, and what you notice, is that what is the, what, what, what's, the, what's the distinguishing factor? Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, this idea of being filled, it's like there's not room for anything else, is there? Filled, it means that this is all of his hope. Filled means that as he speaks, it's not even him speaking. And yet we see him here. This man who just a few months, short months, how could, is this, is he a hypocrite? Is he a hypocrite one day denying Jesus and the next day able to speak boldly? No, 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 no. Because, because the Holy Spirit takes hypocrites and turns them into great proclaimers of the God's word. And that's, it's one of the evidences of grace and, 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 God, and God's power. And so the Holy Spirit is so necessary for us right now to talk about and to think about, to, um, to dwell upon and to seek. And that's what I want you to seek. And even as I'm praying right now, you should be seeking for yourself the Holy Spirit. You should be praying it in your heart and praying it for me because that is the stuff. He, he is the presence. He is the influence. He it is his filling that makes this event or my speaking or our church and our, the ministry we've been given here in San Francisco to be effective. Without him, we are nothing. And it brings to bear all of our theological knowledge into action. And that is what I am praying for. That's what I'm hoping for. The thesis of today's message, really, the thesis that I want to bring to your hearts is because we so need spiritual traction in our lives, we must. It is essential. It is, it is without which we won't, we're not going to make it. We must seek the increase of the Holy Spirit. And just the way we see it patterned and beautifully imaged forth in Peter and John's life. Oh, how I long for this. Oh, how I want this and want to seek this together. You know, this is, this is how we will, uh, uh, we will develop the theme today. Because we need the, the, the spiritual traction of freedom, which is, our first, which is our first point we'll see here, the first spiritual traction of freedom, we must seek the increase of the Holy Spirit. Then we'll go on to look at the, the boldness. We're going to look at what, how the Holy Spirit creates boldness. And then finally, We'll look at how the Holy Spirit creates know-how, know-how, 
Now that, that that's an that's a, a very English expression, American expression for the a practical ability to know how to do something, know how. And so those are that that's how we will develop the message today out of this out of this beautiful passage of scripture, this beautiful story of this boldness that's coming from these men, and it's so remarkable. Uh, so first, uh, we need that we're looking for that freedom. Now I don't know if you notice this or not. Uh, this final note of Peter's sermon, there is no sal- there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which you must, we must be saved. Whoo, Peter, Peter, wh- where did this come from, Peter? It comes from freedom. You know, this kind of declarative statement here is often pointed out, it to- points out the exclusive claims of Jesus Christ the exclusive claims he makes as a, as a savior. Amen. And that is true. But what I'm attracted to is why Peter gets there. In other words, why does Peter so in love, he's in front of a bunch of Jewish people here, why is he so in love with and passionate about the singular, the singular exclusive ability of Jesus Christ? Why? It's because the Holy Spirit has delivered to him real freedom from sin's guilt and power. We, we prayed that, didn't we? we, we I mean, we sang that. Uh, we sang it in Rock of Ages. Be of sin the double cure. Cleanse me from its guilt and its power. You may know a lot about, or you may have heard a lot about Jesus' sacrifice on the cross for sinners as releasing us and you from guilt by faith in him. But a lot of times that sits as an idea that doesn't get traction, you see. It doesn't translate into traction into our lives. In other words, it becomes an idea, and it's not something we own personally. And what I see here in this declarative, extraordinary statement by Peter is a man so alive now with a knowledge that as a denier, he has been loved. You see, as a, as a faker, as a, as a loser, as a failure, he has been, he has been filled. And the, the first thing I want you to see, the traction and filling of the Holy Spirit is to deliver to us these truths with new life. You know, last week I was preaching about how we are the apple of God's eye, the pupil of his eye. Remember, that's what it says in Hebrew. We are the pupil of his eyes. If there's nowhere God can look in in all of the universe that he doesn't see you and me. We're his cherished favorite. And I was talking about how you know, experienced that feeling like I'm God's favorite and debating it with a friend of mine. Well, uh, uh, Natalie tells the story. She didn't hear it. She and Corey were sitting there, or Corey told me this. And, and Corey and Natalie were sitting there listening to the sermon. And Corey turned to Natalie and said, I've never felt like God's favorite. And Natalie said to Corey, I've never felt like God's favorite. And then I, and, and I, they told me this. That makes me so sad. The Bible tells us we're God's favorite. But people who love him, Corey and Natalie love Jesus. They think they're filled with the love of Jesus, but they, they never own it like that. You see, Peter's owning Christ as the most precious. His salvation is the most precious thing he's ever known. There's nobody else. Oh, my goodness. He's so enraptured and in love. And what's happened there? The Holy Spirit has taken the teaching of forgiveness and made traction and that's what we need, you see. We need that traction. Because without it, it's just an idea, and it's, there's no freedom in it. A, I, look, what I want to I have this idea. What is, look, look what the scripture says. 
Uh, look at this. It says here in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is breathed out by God. This, is, this word here is theopneustos. And the panustos there is for the Holy Spirit, too. It's the word for the Holy Spirit. It is God breathes, God breath, and profitable. Look at this, useful. <laughs> That's the word useful right there. It's profitable. It has traction, right? You need to put yourself in the breath of God. And, that, and, and you say, well, what does that mean? That means put yourself in the Holy Spirit. And I said, Chris, you've been saying this. No, but putting yourself in the Holy Spirit's power and traction is putting yourself, you, as you're listening to this now, into the Word of God itself. Put yourself in God's mouth. I do this sometimes when I, in the worship, you'll say, I'll, I'll do a based on for a per certain text, and then I'll put First Presbyterian Church instead of uh, Israel in, in, in an Old Testament text. Why? Because I want us to own the breath of God as breathing out promises to us personally. Let me give you an example of how to do this. Romans 8.1. Now, Romans 8.1 is probably one of the greatest treasures in all of the Bible, right there. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, you notice I did a strike through here. I don't do this strike through here in those red words. I don't do this strike through in order to dishonor God's word. Not at all. No, what I mean to do here is I want you to insert your name. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick on something. I'm going to pick on Yali because I like Yali. So here's Yali. Yali should put her name in there. So should Tao. So should so should Clay. So should so should so should Corey. You know, it, 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 you need to own the promises of God. You need to put yourself in the breath of the freaking Holy Spirit Himself. I don't know if that's a good way to put it, but it doesn't matter. You need to put yourself in there because you're there. That's about you. It is your personal promise, and don't you forget it. So we need to do this with all the Bible. There's so many places and parts of what the Bible says, and it looks abstract, and it doesn't get traction, because it doesn't move us, it doesn't free us, because God's Word is breathed by the Holy Spirit Himself. Let the Holy Spirit teach you how to own the promises of God. You know what I have, you know what I'm saying here is I need to say to myself, there is no condemnation for Chris in Christ Jesus. And you should say it to me. I should say it to you as I'm doing right now. And you should say it to yourself. Say it to yourself. Jamie Lee had a word for me this week. She had a word for me that I had not heard from anybody but my mother. <laughs> and it was because they were both reading the same book. It's a wonderful book called Spiritual Depression by Martin Lloyd-Jones. And, um, and, and, and this is the advice. Stop listening to yourself and start talking to yourself. Oh, she blessed me when she said it. She blessed me so much. Because we, we listen to ourselves. Listening is mean we just listen to that back talk. You're worthless. You're, you're self-loathing. You're, you're, you're a failure. You're a loser. Don't you remember what you just did? You can't imagine. Those voices were living for Peter, too. But the Holy Spirit cancels them when we live in the breath of God as breathing us and speaking about us. This is a promise for us and for you personally. Own God's word and meditate on that. You know, we live in such a wicked age, don't we? We live in a wicked time, and it's, so, and it's so easy to feel dirty and contaminated and to fall into sin around us. But then as we turn again and again to God's promises, we can be freed. Freed for what? Freed to be bold. Because <laughs> that freedom, if we actually feel it, can create new boldness. We're no longer restrained by a sense of shame or disgrace, but we are set free 
to be bold. You know, I uh, we can get not only do we are we are we so easily uh, weighed down by sin and guilt and and need the double cure, need the Holy Spirit to apply to us and give traction in our hearts. We we also we also get weighed that we get so timid, don't we? And you, and you read about these guys, the heroes of the faith, and oh, they're not timid, but. But Peter was timid. He was timid in that charcoal fire, you see. But the freedom is followed by boldness, isn't it? Boldness about proclamation. Uh, one of my one of my favorite passages, one of my favorite little prom things in the New, in the New Testament is this. Um, right here, it says they saw the boldness of Peter and John. But that was not what I was talking about. This is just in the text. You can see that, that everybody can see boldness. It's it's obvious. But look at this. Look at what. Look at Paul, what Paul says. Paul says, pray for me, that words may be given to me. Well, that's, that's actually something we're going to look at when it comes to know-how. But opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. He was in jail. He was, he was ashamed. It was easy to be ashamed of being in prison. Most we, we tend to treat convicts very poorly today. They treated them just as poorly back then. That I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Now, I want to let you in a little secret. Just come on. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it with me. Who prayed? Who who asks for boldness? Who who says you need to pray for me that I be bold like I should be? Why, it's somebody who's struggling with being timid. You think oh, Paul's timid? Yes. Paul, that bold proclaimer, Paul, who was stoned, beaten, imprisoned, and, and rejected for the gospel again and again. Do you know what his big struggle with? He was scared. He got scared. He was timid. Oh, I, I feel so much joy in that. I, oh, Peter, Peter and Paul and John, they needed, they needed Holy Spirit boldness. And that's all, that's one of the, that's part of the traction of the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Uh, the, the Holy Spirit creates this kind of traction. Um, uh, you know, it's funny. I, 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 uh, I brought some of my shoes. Look at my shoes. I've been climbing lately and, uh, the climbing gym's just opened up. You have to make an appointment and there's very few people there, but these shoes, these are the shoes. I don't know if you saw that, that movie free solo with Alex Honnold. I've been trying to watch it. I keep turning it off. I can't finish it because it's so scary to watch for me. I've been on those. I've been on that, on that rock he's on and it's very frightening. But one of the things that makes what these amazing things that makes me bold is traction. That's what makes me bold on rock when I've been up, you know, thousands of feet up on, on rock is you get bold because of traction. And the traction is created. This was a creation that happened in the, in the eighties. They started, they created this new rubber. This is actually, I think this is stealth rubber. I can't remember what the Sportiva uses, but there's different trademarks for the, for the rubber. But what this rubber is soft and actually when you rub it, you can feel it start squeaking and I, you can, in a hot day, these will sit on rock just like that. And when you, or, and when you, when you're climbing and you'll see, if you ever watch Alex Honnold climbing, he'll, he'll put his toe on the rock and he'll turn it slightly like that. And what happens there is, is the, is the rubber and all the features of the granite and its sharpness clings to it. You see, this is the Holy Spirit. It's like the shoe. He gives us new boldness to do things we would never dare do otherwise. Because we can trust. And when you learn to trust your shoes, it really increases your climbing. Learn to trust the Holy Spirit here and to cry out for him. You know, it's funny. 
what it you know there's not a lot of deliverables where jesus says if you pray for this you'll get it i mean specifically pray for this in particular you get it i was taught by jack miller many years ago in a sermon he gave when i first started the ministry when i was so confused and timid and afraid to say to start preaching every day for the holy spirit i asked how today if she if she's prayed for the holy spirit she said yes and my first thought was do you pray but do you pray for the holy spirit every day do you constantly seek because it's one of those things that's promised from Christ himself. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children. We know how to give good gifts even though we're bad people. How much more <laughs> will such a wonderful heavenly father who's pure goodness give us the Holy Spirit to those who ask them? You, it's, this, this is something you can count on in asking. I believe that there should become a refrain amongst our church and our people of a daily prayer for the influence and increase of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So for that, for that traction, and we should pray boldly and persistently for such things. We have the promise of Jesus himself. But you know what I'm reminded of? I'm reminded of, uh, I never understood until, until today. It was kind of funny. I remember the story, but I never really got the lesson. Now, I thought the story was wonderful, but never got the lesson. Elijah was one of the greatest prophets of God. He was the action prophet. In the Old Testament, you have speaking prophets who, who speak beautiful words, and they, and they speak great sermons and great poetry. But then you have the action prophets, the traction prophets. And, and Elijah and Elisha are the action prophets. They don't speak as much as they do mighty acts of God. So Elijah is at the end of his career, and he knows he's going to go to heaven, and all the prophets know it, and Elisha knows it. He knows he's going to be taken up into heaven. Very, very few men ever have had that happen. It says that Enoch walked with God, and he was not. We don't know what that happened to Enoch, but we know what happened to Elijah. He was taken up into heaven. You've heard that swing low, sweet chariot, coming for to take, carry me home. That is a song of longing for God to deliver, uh, deliver like he delivered Elijah. And so the carry came down. Now, uh, Elijah knew this was going to happen. So did Elisha. Elisha was his sidekick, his second in command, his assistant. And, and Elijah tells Elisha, go, go, go away. And, uh, and Elisha's like, I'm not going anywhere. So Elijah goes to Gilgal. And he says, uh, you need to, and, and he goes to Gilgal and Elisha follows him. And Elijah says to Elisha, he says, go, I'm, I'm going, I'm going over to, I'm going somewhere else now. And this is what Elisha says. As surely as the Lord lives, as surely as the I am lives, I will not leave your side. It's kind of funny. The prophets all say, do you know, they all whispered to, to, to Elisha, do, do you know that God's taking your master today? And, and he's, it's, really, it's, a, it's a wonderful text because it's, it's such a living witness. It's such a living eyewitness because then Elisha goes, shut up. Don't talk about it. And, and, and so then Elijah goes to uh, Jericho. He's on a trip or he's, he's doing a little circuit. He goes over to Jericho and Elisha follows him to Jericho. And, and then and he's like, you need to go away. And Elisha's like, you know, he's, he's trying to dismiss him as it were. And Elisha says, again, as surely as the I am lives. I will not leave you. Then they get to the Jordan. That's the, that's the third stop, right? And at the and at the Jordan, at the Jordan, Elijah finally turns to his sidekick, Elisha, and he says, What is it you want? And Elisha says, I want the double portion of the Spirit on you. 
And Elijah says, you have asked for a hard thing. But if you see me taken up into heaven, it will be given to you. And just as he says it, the chariots come down. And just as he says it, Elisha sees it. And after Elijah is taken to heaven, Elisha takes the cloak of Elijah and he strikes the Jordan and the Jordan parts in a miracle. Oh, man. And the power that was on one is transferred to another. In the increase, he was seeking the increase of the Holy Spirit. What do we learn from a story like this? You and I, come on, my brothers and sisters, we ought to persist. We should nag God. I'm serious. Get into nagging God for more of the Holy Spirit. It is. It honors him. He loves it. Be persistent. Be annoying and ask and seek and beg. Beg for it. Be persistent. Beg for it for me. Pray boldly and persist boldly and we will be given a Holy Spirit boldness we so desperately need, don't we? For we need traction. We need that freedom. We need the, the knowledge of forgiveness to translate into new glorious freedom so we see our Savior in his glory and joy. And then we need that Holy Spirit to take that freedom and push us into new boldness because we can be so timid and so often are. And then finally, what does he do? What is the final beauty of the, the work of the Holy Spirit? Well, he gives us the know-how. <laughs> now, this is a this is strange. This is really strange. I, I, I you know, it's it's interesting. It, this is actually, um, this is so strange. The know-how. He, he gives us the stuff to do it. And I didn't see this before. This is kind of a wonderful story. This is all over the Bible. Um, look down here in verse thirteen. They perceived that they were uneducated common men. Uh, this is a classic, you know, elitist attitude. That the, the the priests and the and the and the high priests and the uh, Sadducees and the Pharisees had that 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 ordinary people couldn't understand God's word. Ordinary people can't speak clearly. Ordinary people are stupid, and I guess by and large, a lot of ordinary people are pretty stupid, and we all can be pretty stupid and pretty dumb, and and really can't say much or don't have much to offer. But what mat? What that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter, does it? Not to God. Not to God, because when God takes people who nobody else would think, who nobody else would imagine, could have boldness and freedom to speak, he gives them know-how to show his glory, to show that it's not them. Take a look. This is kind of amazing. Look, all if the whole story of the Bible go all the way from Exodus to Jeremiah to Luke. Uh, it, it, this, is a, this spans thousands of years here, guys. Uh, Exodus 4 is 2000 B.C. Man, that's a really long time, 1800 B.C. here. Therefore, go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. Moses needed the promise. And Moses was 80 years old. Jeremiah 1.7, but the I am said to me, this is fast forward another thousand years, more than a thousand years, uh, but the I am said to me, do not say I am only a youth, for to, all to, for to all to whom I send you, you shall go, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Okay, you got Moses. You got, I, I, there's a bunch in between, and they all say the same thing. The Lord spoke to them. And then Christ takes these stories and says, God's work that began in Moses and Jeremiah, it continues. And it will continue on all throughout the life of the church. And where there's an increase of the Holy Spirit, he will, what? what? Luke 12, 12, the Holy Spirit will teach you that in that very hour that you need him. 
what you ought to say. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that wonderful? The Holy Spirit himself will teach you, just like he taught Moses, just like he taught Jeremiah. Uh, one of the reasons I, I use these two, these, two, uh, these, two, these two people here is we have a multi-generational church. We're, we're, we're a little community, but we got multi-generations here. So I don't care if you're 80 plus uh, or, you know, or, or, you know, uh, upwards that, you know, you know, a lot of people who are older think, well, there's no, nothing left for me to do. Well, Moses shows that's not true. Uh, God, Jesus, uh, apparently the Holy Spirit loves to make older folks uh, 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 his mouthpiece. Uh, with the know-how. And then in Jeremiah, if you're maybe you say, oh, I'm too young. Oh, I'm too young, Chris. I'm 24 or, or I'm in my 20s or 30s or I can't. It doesn't matter. Old or young, what is, what is the promise of Joel? I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your young men will dream dreams. And your old men will see. Everybody gets the Holy Spirit. And then the promise from Jesus himself to his men, to his disciples, when they come and they collect you and they take you before the courts and they tell you, and then you're, and don't be afraid because the Holy Spirit will give you words to speak in that very hour. Uh, the, you know, it's a wonderful here. What's the point here? How do we seek the increase of the Holy Spirit? By getting in situations that we don't, we don't belong in. <laughs> I'm serious. Have you, have you, have you opened your mouth at work in a place, in a, in a way that you probably shouldn't have? Well, if you haven't, you should be because and don't be afraid, because the Holy Spirit will give you words for your boss. You say, oh, gosh, Chris, I can't mix work and faith. I, I don't believe that. I don't believe the Holy, the Holy Spirit boldness will, get, will, 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 will protect you. And even if he doesn't protect you, you will suffer, you will suffer for the glory of Christ. But don't, don't, I have something I wrote down here. Walk by faith into situations you can't handle. Because if you dare you're going to see the increase of the influence of the Holy Spirit and that has released you in freedom about your sin, has created boldness about what to say, will give you know-how and will give you words to say. I have seen this so clearly. I've even walked out of meetings where I thought I didn't say anything worthwhile, only to find later that that was not true and that my words were used by God. Like it says, the minute you you feel you, you your fears whisper to you you don't know enough or you don't know what to do you're not smart enough or you know, your, your english isn't good enough or you don't talk pretty like chris or you're too old or you're too young or you i want you to hear this the holy spirit that's a i would say dare i look a lot of times the bible says you don't test the lord but this is an area where you are free to test god test him in this and see if he is not faithful to you. See if he is not faithful to himself and to the promises of Jesus about our boldness. I have this idea that we can get, you know, it's, it, it, you know what it does? You know what, it, you know what it does? It does the very thing I want so much to do. It takes ministry out of its professional life. I, I hate this idea that I'm the professional. I'm the one that goes and speaks for you. No, we are all to be speaking. We are all to live in freedom, boldness, and know-how because we trust the Spirit, not ourselves. And that seek His increase. You see? You see all these ways we're seeking His increase, putting our breath, putting ourselves in the breath of God. We only find out that the breath of God then comes out of us. And then, oh my goodness, boldness can come and will come. When we in have an increase and seek the increase by pleading for the presence and power and filling, filling 
so there's nothing else there filling so we can act and speak and live and do according to the power of God in us. I, this is exciting. Um, and and I, I, I guess if I, as I'm calling you, and, and I want you to be excited about this and to, and to, and to, and to walk into it, I, uh, what happened to these Peter and John? You know, they, they just get more bold. They're a part of a big adventure that the Holy Spirit has us on. I, I don't wonder what we like when the Holy Spirit does this increase among us to liberate us. You know, in our age, in this, in this modern age, it is very easy to want to, uh, a lot of, I see this a lot in the evangelical world. I've seen it in a lot of churches where, where people are very, very concerned about being persecuted, very concerned and zealous about it, and very, very almost like um, a mania. Oh, no, we're being persecuted. Uh, and a fearful, a very, but it's always very fearful. Because that's the great fear of all this, right? Oh no, what's going to happen to us? What's going to happen to me? And maybe I'll, make, uh, this, you know, people might hate me or not like me or despise me. I, I know I thought all those things happen, but you know what? The, the Holy Spirit does something. You see, you see, the increase of the Holy Spirit results in people with a radically new perspective. And and the reason I think that the the church today doesn't have the Holy Spirit doesn't have the increase of the Holy Spirit that we so desperately need. Is because we don't we don't act like they did. You see, Peter and John, just a few weeks later, just within a few, just a, just not that long after this, they get beaten for this. They get whipped. They get whipped, scourged, because they don't listen. They keep preaching about Jesus, and they didn't run home and plead about their rights or or complain. And when they called in the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. This is the next chapter. And when then they left the presence of the council, what did they do? They went and wrote their congressmen about how they're being persecuted and how they have rights. No. No. They rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I want. <laughs> That's the kind of man I want to be. Oh, you pray I be this man that be that filled, that animated. And will you, I will be, I'm praying for you. And we could see a release and a, and a, and a and a power and a momentum and a joy that nobody can count for because we have the filling of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we pray now. We're coming to nag you. We're coming to nag you to pull on your coattails, to come to the throne, to grab you by the, by the hem of your robe and say, where is the increase we need? We are so weak. We need an increase that seals your words in our hearts that they're ours, that we know there's no condemnation which you free us from sin's guilt and power. No, Father, we need the increase, the increase of the influence and the anointing of the Holy Spirit so we can be bold, so we can be bold and not so timid. We can be bold like we should be about a wonderful Savior, about an awesome God, about a towering love that can never be contained. And then finally give us the know-how 
show us that we you will have you will you will put in our our hands the very tools we need in the moment we need them and we need never fear help us to dare and to get into situations we can't handle lord thrust us into them but increase the holy spirit so we can be a transformed people like peter and john because the memory of our failures is so close to us just like it was to them and it's so close to us, right behind us. We, we, we know we failed just this last week. Just this, We know we, we, we didn't speak when we should. We know that we've been so timid and afraid and so controlled by, by, by the expectations of others. But we know that you can do something. We know that we're here. We're here nagging you. Give us more. Fill us with the Holy Spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name claiming the promise in Jesus' name, claiming the very thing he said that we can ask. In his name, amen and amen.